said in this morning that, Lord, I honor you. Lord, I worship you. Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I exalt your holy name. Talk to him. Talk to him. He's your father. He's your maker. He's the only one with the resurrection power. Magnify the name of the Lord this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we have worshipped. Father, we just thank you. We love you, Lord. There's no way we could have planned today's service that it will have gone the way it has gone so far. Father, be glorified in Jesus' name. Take control. Have your way. Touch everyone present here today in Jesus' name. Touch everyone listening to this program in the name of Jesus. Touch our children's teachers, especially in Jesus' name. And every child in this sanctuary, on this property, today, touch gloriously in the name of Jesus. We love you, Lord. You take all the glory. Let all the blessings be ours. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's have our seats. You're all welcome to his presence. Clap for Jesus as you are sitting down. Clap for Jesus as you are sitting down. Oh, the Lord is good. I say the Lord is good. I say the Lord is good. And he will continue to be good unto you in Jesus' name. Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. I read from verse 5 to verse 8. Luke 24 verses 5 to 8. Luke 24 verses 5 to 8. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, and be crucified, and the third day rise again. Verse 8. And they remembered his words. And they remembered his words. We remember his words today in Jesus' name. The topic I'm going to be sharing with us for a few minutes is what I call the fulfillment of destiny. What did I call it? The fulfillment of destiny. In the book of Hebrews chapter 10, Hebrews chapter 10, from verse 7 to verse 9, Hebrews 10, 7 to 9, the Bible says, Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book it is written of me, to do thy will, O God. Verse 8. Above, when he said, Sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and offering for sins, thou wilt not, neither hast pleasure therein, which are offered by the Lord. Verse 9. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. The first passage we read, the sisters that were with Jesus came looking for his body. The angel of the Lord met them and said, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here. He is no longer dead. He is alive. He is risen. 
Remember what he said unto you. And the Bible says they began to remember some things that he spoke unto them. And I want to pray for someone here today. Those things you have forgotten that will usher you into your destiny. Begin to remember in the name of Jesus. Amen. Those revelations that God gave unto you that are supposed to lift you to the height they are supposed for you. Begin to remember in the name of Jesus. Amen. The word of destiny that God has given unto you that you have forgotten. Today, because it's the resurrection Sunday, there shall be a divine remembrance in the name of Jesus. Amen. Before you leave this place, you know that man, that man that was blind, that Jesus met and healed on the Sabbath day. And they began to say, oh, he's a sinner. He said, well, I don't know. I don't know theology. But one thing I know, once I was blind, now I see. God will give you a new song. Amen. I said, God will give you a new song. In the name of Jesus. In the second passage that we read, Jesus said, he said, I come to do thy will as it is written of me. We said the topic is the fulfillment of destiny. If Jesus did not die, he would not fulfill destiny. Do you realize that? But more importantly, if he did not resurrect on the third day, he would not do what? He would not fulfill destiny. There was a sequence of events that will culminate in him attaining and achieving the purpose for which he came to the world. Oh, some of us are here today. We started on the right path. We started on the path of God leading us one step at a time. But somewhere along the line, we have deviated. God will restore you today. Amen. I said, God will restore you today. Amen. Because my message unto someone today on this Resurrection Sunday is that your destiny will be attained. Your destiny will be fulfilled. Amen. Wherever you have gone astray, our God is still the God of restoration. He will restore you in Jesus' name. Amen. What are some things that were written about Jesus that he fulfilled? Number one, Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. God was speaking to the serpent. And he said, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. The moment the devil made mankind to sin, God released judgment upon him. Tell somebody judgment. judgment. And the Lord said, look, you will bruise the heel of this seed of the woman, but he will bruise your head. In other words, while you might hit your leg against a stone, the devil is hitting what against a stone? His head. That's why the devil is ugly. Tell somebody the devil is ugly. He's ugly because he has hit his head so many times against stone, against wall, against as many obstacles as there, are, as, there, as there are. He has created the obstacles for you. But instead of you falling to the obstacles, what happens? He's hitting his head against the obstacles. He hasn't stopped. The deception of the devil will not get you in Jesus' name. Somebody shared a very humorous story sometime during the week and said someone died. And when he died, he's, he got to the gate of heaven and they said, where do you want to go? Do you want to go to heaven or hell? You can choose. He said, can I sample either of them? He said, yes. He said, okay, let me go and see what is happening in hell. And when he got to hell, he saw a red carpet reception. There was music. There was dancing. Lots of celebrations. Party time. 
I said, okay, I've seen what of, if I saw some of his friends. Yeah, they were enjoying, they were having a good time in hell. So I said, okay, I've seen what of things in hell. Now take me to heaven. And he got to heaven. It was bright, it was serene, it was quiet. And then he looked at him, he said, what? He said, these pastors are liars. He said, look at hell. Look at how beautiful and wonderful it is. Now look at heaven. Heaven is not bad. But uh, he, he preferred what? In fact, there were, his friends were in hell. And they were enjoying and celebrating. So he, he said, I've made my decision. Okay, what's your decision? He said he was going back to hell. He said, okay. Get into the elevator. Back to hell. The moment he got to the, into the elevator, he began to feel the heat. <laughs> By the time he got back to hell, it was a completely different place. It looked like a desert. The whole place was hot. There was no comfort, but he recognized the devil. And he went to me and said, Ah, Oga, do you recognize me? He said, I recognize you. You were here not too long ago. He said, Ah, what happened now? This is not what I saw. He said, That time you came, we were campaigning. <laughs> the campaign is over. And now they have won him. Tell somebody, don't let the devil win you. You know, they say all that glitters is what? It's not gold. It's not gold. It's temporary. Don't let the devil win you. The seed of the woman will bruise the head of the devil. That's where he belongs. There's a song we sing that says, I'm going to stand right under the blood where the devil can do what? Can do me no harm. Do you realize part of the message of the resurrection is that you stand where the devil cannot harm you. And that's why you need not be afraid. Tell somebody fear not. When you are afraid, you can't tell someone else, fear not. Tell somebody, as like someone who is not afraid, say, fear not. Because there's nothing to be afraid of, brethren. Jesus is the seed of the woman. Before he came, the word went forth that he will bruise the head of the serpent. That's why the devil tried everything to prevent him from coming. That's why he went and killed all children two years and below. When he realized that the king had been born, he couldn't stop his birth and he said, no, 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 no. Where is he? They couldn't find him. He began to do what he normally does. Trial and error. Brethren, don't live a life of trial and error. Let not your Christian life be one of what? Trial and error. Be led by the Spirit of God. Tell somebody be led. By the Spirit of God. When he has not spoken, don't assume he has spoken. And when he speaks, he expects one thing from you. It is called obedience. Obedience. When you obey him, the height he has proposed, you will definitely get there. Oh, somebody is not sure. I said you will definitely get there. We are talking about the fulfillment of destiny. It was spoken of Jesus that he would bruise the head of the serpent. That's why the Bible says, if they had known, they would not have done what? They would not have crucified the king of glory. He did not realize by, by crucifying Jesus, he was leading him to the place of destiny fulfillment. Because it was never in his imagination that having killed Jesus, he would rise, he would rise on the third day. You see, brethren, do you realize that Satan does not know your future? Anybody knows that? The devil doesn't know your future. He only knows what you tell him. And so long as you make up your mind not to reveal your future to the devil, he doesn't know it. 
But he's, he's, a, he's very good at guessing. He tries to guess. He try, is it this? Is it that? And you know what? You yourself, you will stand up and go and meet one uh, uh, palm reader. And you throw yourself into the realm of darkness. And they get all the information they've been trying to get from you for a long time that they could not. You give it to them on a platter of, of gold. Then they will tell you the problem and the solution. And say, yes, the guy is correct. Why won't he be correct? You sold yourself unto him. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. The second thing I want, to, I want us to take note of is the Bible called Jesus a prophet like Moses. What did I say? A prophet like Moses. In Acts chapter 3, verse 22. Acts 3, 22, 23. The Bible says, For Moses truly said unto the fathers, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren, like unto me. Him shall ye hear in all things. In how many things? All things, whatsoever he shall say unto you. That's where many of us have fallen. We are ready to obey Jesus in how many things? How many things? No, he wants us to obey him in all things. But many of us are obeying him what? Some things. Some of us are obeying him what? Most things. But he wants us to obey him in what? All things. It's very simple. And he desires the best for you. Do you realize that? Do you realize that you don't know tomorrow? Are we together? Do you realize you don't know tomorrow? You don't know what will happen tomorrow. But there is a God that knows what will happen tomorrow. And at times when he tells you what to do, it doesn't make sense. It's very illogical. In fact, it's very unreasonable. But Mary told those servants that whatever is said unto you, do it. Is that not so? In John chapter 2. And what did they, they were looking for wine. What did he tell them to do? Pour water into the pot. And they were wondering, say what? But his mother already told us. Whatsoever he tells us to do, do it. So they poured water into the pot. And then she didn't do anything. She didn't pray. He just said what? Draw out. Take the water. Take it to the governor. Say what? It may look like foolishness. But is that not what the Bible says? Says the foolishness of God is what? It's wiser than the wisdom. They drew the water out, went and gave the governor. Expect him to say, ah, gentlemen, we said there's no wine. Why are you bringing water? Did you say there's no water? But the moment he tasted the water, he said, where did you get this wine? They were flabbergasted and overwhelmed. Or maybe the other way around. Overgasted and flabbergasted. He did. He, they poured water into the pot. They brought the water out of the pot. There was no change of personnel. Lo and behold, it was wine. Whatever is tasteless in your life, God is giving it taste. Whatever it is in your situation that men look at and laugh at you, you know what is going to happen very soon? They come and laugh with you. That testimony that God is perfecting for you, by the time God is through with you, they will come to you and say, ah, how did you do it? Amen. Amen. If a son will say, but I did it that way too. I did it exactly as you did it. But the result was different. Because you yourself, you are different. Amen. Testimony, I'm different. I'm different. 
I've shared with us my story before when I was in the university. We'll be in the laboratory together. We'll do all the experiments together. We'll document it. Work done, observation, inference. And because, I mean, among my colleagues, I had a small position. So I will document everything. And I have a friend. He will take my notebook. And he will copy what I have done. When the, our results will come out, he has come what I have done. I will score maybe 8 over 10. My friend might score 6 or 5. And one day he couldn't take it much longer. I said, ah. But I wrote down what you have. I didn't mark the, 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 the I'm not the one that marked it. Is that not so? I just did the work. Somebody's name is being turned to favor. Amen. The favor of God will overshadow you. Amen. Where men have rejected you, they begin to seek for you. Amen. Where they have said you are not qualified, they will say, we want no one else but you. Amen. God is making a way for you. Amen. That is the message of the resurrection. Hallelujah. The fulfillment of destiny. Your own part is very little. But there is a God of grace. There is a God of grace. And when he begins to move in that situation, he does a work of transformation. A work of what? That's what he did in that water. Is that not so? Water went into the pot. Wine came out. They didn't know how it happened. Nobody needs to know how it happened. They just need to know that you serve a living God. Tell me what I serve a living God. I a living God. And he will make you a proof of, his, of, of, of the life in him in Jesus' name. Amen. A prophet like Moses. How is Jesus a prophet like Moses? Like Moses, the Bible says, Jesus came to save his people. In Matthew chapter 1 verse 21, she shall bring forth a son. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. In like manner, Moses was born to deliver his people from the bondage of Egypt. True or false? Now, look at the corollary. Look at how things happen. When Moses was born, uh, what's his name? Pharaoh said they should kill all the male-born children. When Jesus was born, Herod said they should kill all the male-born children. You see, brethren, if God is with you on this journey that you are taking, there will be challenges. True or false? There will be challenges. The fact that there are challenges does not mean you should give up. Because if there are no challenges, I can assure you of one thing. Difficulties come either at the beginning, in the middle, or where? Or at the end. Now, make your choice. Why do you want the difficulties to come? Because once you overcome the difficulties at the beginning, number one, you learn your lesson from it. Now, then your promotion comes. Then if the devil wants to show his ugly head again, remember, he has been banging his head so many times. When he wants to show his ugly head again, he says, ah, 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 I know that trick. Is that not so? But when you continue to cruise like the cockerel or like the, the, the broiler chicken, and you continue to cruise, and he waits for you at the end of the journey, then... A little difficulty comes, and you don't know how to address it. And then the Bible says, the end of that man is what? It's worse than the beginning. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm just trying to bring out a point, brethren. If God is in it, 
If God has called you, if he has given you the assignment, there will be challenges. There will be challenges. And in fact, at some point, the devil will think he has the upper hand. It's the proof that God is in it. The question is, what will be your response? Will you chicken out? Is that when you become a vegetable? With a little bit of heat, everything will wilt. Or is that when you say, well, I have no power of my own. Holy Spirit, I do what? I look unto you. Help me. And it will help you in Jesus' name. Amen. I say it will help you in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus came to save you and I. Moses came to deliver his people from Egypt. When you go to Exodus from chapter 1 to chapter 8, all those plagues, they were, one of them was enough to discourage Moses and everybody. Is that not so? But once God has spoken, there is no difficulty that is bigger than God. Amen. I said there is no difficulty that is bigger than God. Amen. I said there is no difficulty bigger than God. Amen. Wherever you have gone astray, because our God is a God of restoration, he will restore you today in Jesus' name. Amen. The fulfillment of destiny. The Bible tells us that Moses was meek. In fact, in Numbers chapter 12 and 3, the Bible says, he was meek above all men on the face of the earth. When you go to Matthew chapter 11, Matthew chapter 11 verse 29, Jesus said, take my yoke upon you, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. A prophet like Moses. Whatever Moses was, Jesus was better. We are talking about the fulfillment of destiny. The culmination of that fulfillment was that Jesus came. He fulfilled all that was spoken concerning him. The Bible tells us in John chapter 1, John chapter 1, John chapter 1. I will take, I mean, you are writing, you can put verses 14 to 17. John 1, 14 to 17. But I'm going to read just verse 17. John 1, 14 to 17. Verse 17 says, For the law was given by Moses. But what came by Jesus Christ? Like I've always told us here, the word grace means what? Divine enablement. The law highlights your impossibilities. The law brings to bear the things that are impossible for you to achieve. But there is grace. Amen. And grace in abundance. Amen. And that which you cannot attain, the grace of God will help you to attain in Jesus' name. Amen. I said the grace of God will help you to attain in Jesus' name. Amen. The law was given by Moses to prove to us that it's not by power, it's not by might, but by what? By my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. To prove to us that salvation is not because of what you can do or cannot do, but rather because of what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. To give you a headway, or maybe I will call it a head start. You are ahead of the crowd. You are ahead of the multitude. Because of what God wants to fulfill in your life. And it shall come to pass in Jesus' name. Jesus is the Lamb of God. Jesus is what? The Lamb of God. 
is the Lamb of God. John chapter 1 verse 29. John 1 29. The Bible says, the next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him and said, behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. That summarizes the beginning and the end. The story of Jesus. He is the Lamb of God, which does what? Taketh away the sin of the world. How will he take away the sin of the world if he did not die? If Christ had not died and shed his blood, today, before coming to church this morning, you will still kill some goats and kill some sheep. Not because you are hungry, not because, but for what? For the blood. They have to kill those animals on a regular basis, on a routine basis, on a daily basis. But Jesus Christ came to do away with all those things. That's why he's called the Lamb of God. The one that was killed in place of all those goats, all those sheep, every sacrificial animal, the pigeons and the doves. He took all those things away. He went to the cross of Calvary. He gave his life for, for you and I. Tell somebody he gave his life for me. He gave his life for you and I, brethren. So that one sacrifice is sufficient for everybody. Because that sacrifice was made with the most precious blood that ever tread the surface of this earth. The blood of the only begotten son of the living God. That's why the Bible called him the seed of the woman. You know how he was, how he was formed, how he was conceived. In Luke chapter 1, from verse 35 to, I mean, to 36, he said, the Holy Ghost will come upon you. The power of the highest will do what? Overshadow you. That's why he is called the seed of the woman. Jesus did not come as the seed of the man. And he's the only man ever, before and after, with that unique attribute. And then, that unique blood that was in him, he shed it on the, on, on the cross of Calvary to do away with all other unnecessary sacrifices. To make the way for you. To ensure that you live a fulfilled life. That's why he said, the thief cometh not but to do what? John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief coming up was to steal, to kill, and to, he said, but I am, I am what? I am come that you may have life. And have it how? More, not just abundantly. Have life more abundantly. He's the Lamb of God. He gave the supreme sacrifice. Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah chapter 53. I'm going to read from verse 3. Isaiah 53, verse 3. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Verse 4. Surely he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. In other words, as a child of God, there is no reason why you should have no peace. 
If your peace is gone from you, ask yourself, am I still a child of God? You know one way when you know you are doing things God, God will not allow you to do is when you embark on that project. And what happens? Your peace is gone. That's why when Joseph stood before, uh, before Pharaoh, right? He said, I have had two dreams. I don't understand them. What did Joseph say? He said, God will give you what? An answer of peace. Because once the Lord comes in, what he brings in is peace. That's why Jesus said, peace, I live with you. John chapter 14, verse 27. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be disturbed. He, ha he has brought peace into the equation because he fulfilled destiny. Because he fulfilled destiny. He took upon himself every reproach that you and I can come across and entertain. So that we might be able to stand and fulfill destiny. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 23 to 24, Matthew 4, 23 to 24, the Bible says, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. Verse 24. And his fame went throughout all Syria. And they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with diverse diseases and torments. And those which were possessed with devils. And those which were lunatic. And those that had a palsy. And he did what? He did what? He healed them. In fulfilling his destiny, he made the way for us. To live a life of good health. Live a life of good health. Because the purpose for which you were born cannot be perfected if all through life all you are thinking of is one sickness or the other. And the Bible makes us to understand that he not only did he heal, he gave his apostles the power to heal. Matthew chapter 10 verse 1. Matthew 10 verse 1. When he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sicknesses and diseases. And I love the way he put it in Luke chapter 10 verse 19. Luke chapter 10 verse 19. He said, Behold, I give you power. Amen. Tell somebody he has given me power. He, me power. he said, Behold, I give you power. To do what? To tread on serpents and scorpions. To tread on obvious enemies and hidden enemies. To try to, you know, is there anybody here that will see a scorpion and play with it? When you see a scorpion, what do you do? Ah. <laughs> you better run for your life. He said, you will try to, you see, serpents, I mean, are not like scorpions. They, they march into the environment. Is that not so? That's why they call some, some, some of them green snake. It takes real work to know that, ah, that's a snake. 
And before you can kill, I mean, kill it, 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 it knows how, how to maneuver. But the Lord is saying, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions. It's not like you are chasing serpents and scorpions about. No, they are human beings. They are people. Some of them are so-called what? Friends. Some of your friends are serpents. Some are scorpions. But he said he has given you power over all the power of the enemy. Who is he talking to there? Some people are not sure. He said he has given you power over all the power of the enemy. And nothing. How many things? Nothing, nothing shall by enemies hurt you. My message for someone here today is fear not. Amen. Tell somebody fear not. Amen. There will be challenges. Jesus faced his own challenges. But he overcame the challenges to fulfill destiny. You don't need to run away from yours. Face it. And you have a testimony. Amen. The enemy will try to dissuade you. You know what I'm, what, what I'm talking about there, right? Will try to discourage you. Say, oh, there's no way forward there. Yeah? Why don't you just stay here? But in moving forward, in going, taking that next step, that's where your victory is. You'll be victorious in Jesus' name. Amen. I said you'll be victorious in Jesus' Amen. name. Jesus overcame every obstacle that were, pre that were presented across his path. And today, we look back. No wonder the Bible says, he was given a name above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, Amen. what happened? Every knee. And all tongues will confess. All things in heaven, things on earth, things underneath the earth. Jesus fulfilled destiny. Amen. You will fulfill destiny. Amen. I said you will fulfill destiny. Amen. Against all odds, against the wisdom of man, from the day he was conceived, everything was aligned against him. And I want to assure everyone present here, you've not seen the type of obstacles that Jesus faced. Is that not so? You have not. In spite of his good works, they wanted to kill him before time. I said, say, but why do you want to kill me? He said, well, we know you are doing good works. You are healing. You are doing all that. I said, no. But how can you tell us you are older than Abraham? We will kill you. Just for that. After killing him, will the good work continue? But thank God for God. Thank God for God. I read a story somewhere about the, uh, a painter and a baker. <laughs> the painter would draw paints and all that, and he had good patronage. He would sell his paints. And he would now give some money to the baker to produce bread for free to the community. But he was doing it Nicodemusly. You know what that means? He was doing it quietly. And then at a point, opposition arose. And I said, look at the baker. The baker is a good man. He gives us free bread. He provides everything for us. Look at this painter. We know he has money. But he's doing nothing for the community. So they rose against him. And when they rose against him, the man fell sick. He didn't leave the community. He fell sick. Nobody paid attention to him. The man died. 
Then they went to, I mean, of course, as soon as he died, what happened to the bread? Free bread stopped. And they went to the bread and said, what happened now? How come you are not giving us free? I said, ah, you thought the bread I was giving you was free? Somebody was paying for it. Who was paying for it? The painter. The painter that they rose up against. When he needed their help, after he had taken care of them, they, they neglected him. They ignored him until he died. The death of the painter marked the, de- the end of free bread. Brethren, that is human being for you. But Christ has come that you may gloriously fulfill destiny. Amen. In your situations, in your circumstances, you must always remember we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus because he did not fail. He fulfilled destiny. That the song we sing that says, I cannot fail. Excuse me. I cannot fail. Because of Jesus, I cannot fail. I cannot fail. I cannot fail. Because of Jesus, I cannot fail. Jesus did not fail. Tell somebody Jesus did not fail. You cannot fail. Be your neighbor's keeper. Say Jesus did not fail. You cannot fail. Now tell your neighbor, Jesus did not fail. I cannot fail. You will not fail in Jesus' name. Let's bow our heads. The fulfillment of destiny. Against all odds, Jesus went through. The word that was spoken concerning him, there were devices to scuttle it. But it came true. Why don't you begin to talk to the Lord this morning? Begin to talk to him. What is that promise he has given to you that now looks very impossible? Not just impossible. Very impossible. That's what I want you to table before him today. There is a promise he has given unto you that looks dead. Dead. In fact, it looks buried. That's what he wants to address this morning. That's what he wants to address. Talk to him. He's still your father. That's why he rose on the third day. That's why we celebrate the resurrection. That's why he has given us an example. That's why he went through it all. Talk to him about those impossible situations this morning. Tell him, Lord, I have no one else. I have no other God but you. You fulfill destiny. And if I have you, there's no reason why I should not fulfill destiny. Are your needs marital? Are your needs, I mean, to do with, are they academic? Are they financial? Every situation you could go through, he has gone through. And he succeeded. He excelled. He didn't just succeed. And he's talking to you today. He has something for you. Maybe you've not given your life to Jesus. That's the starting point. That's what makes him your relative, your brother, your sister. If you are here, you are not born again, you want to raise up your hand, we are going to pray together. Or maybe you are watching online, you've not given your life to Jesus. That you must be born again. God bless you. God bless you. Don't be shy. If you are raising up your hand, raise up your hand. If you are raising up your hand, you are not raising up your hand to man. You are here, you are not born again. Raise up your hand. We are going to pray together. Yes, God bless you, my brother. God bless you. You are raising up those hands to Jesus. If you are watching from home, you are not born again. Please raise up your hand. The Lord will touch those hands. If you are raising up your hand, just say after me. Say with me. Say, Lord Jesus. Say, I thank you for dying for my sins. 
I thank you for your resurrection on the third day. I come before you today. I say, come into my life. Come in today. Come in to stay. Every agreement between me and Satan. I break up today. I start a new life. Write my name in the book of life. I want to fulfill destiny. You fulfill destiny. Against all odds. Against all obstacles. I will fulfill destiny. In Jesus name we are praying. Father, we thank you for this afternoon. We lift your name on high. Be glorified in Jesus' name. I commit your children that are giving their life to Christ into your hands. Father, you will touch them. You will receive them. You will establish them. You will give them victory. And deny from the throne of grace in the name of Jesus. I pray for everybody present in this sanctuary and listening to this message. That Father, even as Jesus fulfilled destiny, this one to fulfill destiny. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We love you, Lord, for we have prayed in Jesus' name.